light in him is no darkness at all and we begin to walk in the light and as we walk in the light now all of a sudden we have fellowship with one another we get to truly know one another and it doesn't matter how you vote and it doesn't matter what your history is it doesn't matter what you failed at or how long your rap sheet is or if you were the most moral person next to jesus himself who ever lived because of god's light and we're in fellowship with god now all of a sudden we're in fellowship with one another we get to love one another even in the midst of our differences Everyone wants connection. We want to belong somewhere. And that's exactly what you'll find when you begin a relationship with Jesus. Not only are you adopted into God's family, but through him, you can find deep and meaningful connections with other people who've trusted in Jesus. Because of him, all your differences and everything in your past are set aside in the face of the grace, love, and acceptance that he gives you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in 1 John chapter 1 as he continues his message, The Light Embraced. Looking at the situations that you find yourself in and, and looking at the circumstances of the world in which we live in, that we always have to keep in mind that no matter what the circumstances are, God is light. And there is no darkness in God. God's ways are always perfect, especially when they don't make any sense to us. Jesus said it this way, speaking about God being light. John chapter 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. How powerful is that? God who is light in him is no darkness at all. That God came and dwelt among us in the person of Jesus. And that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? It's the God who is light coming to inhabit a world that is full of darkness. See, when you think about the coming of Jesus, obviously we realize that Jesus is, as, a, as the church, we celebrate the birth of Jesus, God coming and dwelling in the midst of a humanity that he created and who, that he sustains every day. And then ultimately we celebrate the, the resurrection season, the crucifixion of Jesus and then his resurrection, which is the climactic moments in the life of Jesus. And when you think about Jesus on the cross... Was there ever a time when you would think to yourself, man, darkness has won out? When the Son of God is crucified, the only perfect person, the only person who never did anything wrong is being crucified as a seditious traitor by the Roman Empire. You think, oh man, darkness won out. No. It's God's greatest triumph, isn't it? What would your life look like if no matter what you've gone through, no matter what is on the horizon for you, you say to yourself, because God is light and in him there's no darkness, even though I don't enjoy this, my God who is light is going to bring light through it. Doesn't that change everything? 
in a lot of ways, that begins a journey. Because I, like, I say that, and then there's that part of me that's like, well, do I really believe that? Like, can I really look at my life through the lens of the word of God that tells me that there's no darkness in God? That at every moment when I think that maybe God doesn't have a good plan, I'm just flat out wrong. That God can leverage the worst possible situations because he's light and there's no darkness in him. That God's plans are good even when they make absolutely no sense. See, that's what's called walking by faith. We don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. And I think what God wants us to learn how to do is to trust him because he's light. How different would you frame different times in your life? How different would you see circumstances if we trusted that Jesus is the light of the world? Now, what's powerful for us, though, is that because God is light and because Jesus came as the light of the world, what does it mean for us? Now, look at what it says here in verse 6. It says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Brothers and sisters, because God is light, you and I, we need to walk in light. Because God is light, now we're invited to walk in light. And because if you believe in Jesus, if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus, then you know Jesus has the light of the world. And then it says, and if you believe in Jesus, then it says if we have fellowship with him. See, that's what God offers. See, Jesus in the incarnation, this idea of God being with us offers the opportunity to have fellowship with God, to have a relationship with God. Now, it doesn't just say a friendship with God. It says that in other places in the scriptures. But this idea of fellowship with God, that word fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, which, we, which really, literally means to hold things in common. That's what it means. And so when a person believes in God who is light, he invites us into koinonia, to, ha- to hold things in common with him. And it would make total sense that if God is light and in him is no darkness at all, that if, if we have fellowship with him, then we can't walk in darkness because we are in the light. Remember, and I've said this before, that when there is darkness, the light doesn't ask permission to disperse the darkness. The light just gets turned on, right? And the darkness can't, they can't coexist together. And so what happens for each one of us is that because Jesus is light and because we trust him, then we get to have fellowship with him. And when that happens, then of course we can't walk in darkness because we're in fellowship with the light. So what happens for us is that we begin to walk in the light. And as we walk in the light, things begin to change for us. And, and this is a powerful reality, I think. And it's something that I think that we need to spend more time reflecting on because when somebody puts their faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time, the Bible calls that being justified, right? Where you go from being not guilty to being forgiven, right? And you go from being guilty, you, you, you've failed in a million ways. And because of your faith and trust in Jesus, God declares you not guilty because you trust in Jesus, Right? 
So that's called being justified. But then once a person is justified, now you're in fellowship with God and you begin to walk in the light, right? Now, once we begin to walk in the light, God begins to purify our lives in experience, so if somebody gets, when someone gets saved, if you were to die, you would go and be with God in heaven. But when somebody gets saved and then they begin the journey of walking with Jesus, they get to choose to walk in the light. But here's the thing. At the moment someone puts their faith and trust in Jesus, there's all sorts of things in our lives that are broken. Can we all just admit that? There's just broken things about our lives, right? Like sometimes it's just straight up. We have habits. They're all jacked up, right? And for many of us, we don't even realize how jacked up those habits are until we get saved. Right? Like I was in that camp. I did all these things that I didn't think were wrong because no one told me that they were wrong and everybody around me was doing them and it was even kind of legal in some ways. You know, now this, a lot of that stuff's legal, which is crazy. But, but, you know, it's like everybody was doing it so you didn't even think about it. But then all of a sudden you get saved and then you're like, whoa, I'm messed up. Right? And you're talking to your friends who aren't saved and you're like, bro, this is kind of messed up. And they're like, this isn't messed up. You're messed up. Like, no, no, no. We've been messed up for a long time. I'm just aware of it. Because now all of a sudden, in the context of the light, as you have fellowship with a God who has no darkness in him, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, right? So by walking in the light, the darkness begins to be exposed as darkness. And at that point, some of it's habits. Some of it's just the way that we think. I mean, I always like to laugh. And it makes me cry when I think about it sometimes. Is that if there was like a running, like a ticker tape, like the stock market, of all the thoughts I have on a given day, if anybody saw that, they'd be like, man, Fusco is a freak show. <laughs> because the number of th- like these thoughts pass through your mind that, you know, and you just have these, like, it's like these, your, your brain is having these thoughts. And the only thing that gives me any comfort is I know that if I saw the ticker tape of your thoughts, I'd think you're a freak show too. You know what I mean? So it's like, like we're all in this together where you, like, we have all these thoughts. And what happens is, is when, you, when you get saved and you begin to walk with the Lord and as God begins to share with you the mind of Christ, you begin to realize like, man, my thinking is broken. Like when you're like, I can't believe I actually think that. And that thinking drives the way we make decisions, the way we treat people, all these different things. And so you start to realize that your, your thoughts are broken, Right? And then you begin to realize how much the, the ways that you were raised, no matter how awesome or not awesome your family was, you're like, man, I was socialized to think all sorts of crazy stuff, right? And, and so, but as you're walking in fellowship with the Lord, you begin to realize that you don't, that you're not walking in light. But then the choice becomes, will you let God lead you into light or will you retain those areas of darkness in our life. And I think maturity in Christ comes on these levels, right? Like as God is inviting us into the light, will you simply respond? Will will you say, Lord, I don't want to do that anymore because I think you're asking me not to, or your word tells me not to. I remember what it was like when I started walking with Jesus and there was all these things that, things that I had done forever that I started to say, I, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And, and how challenging that was. Some of you are in that right now where it's like you're trying to build new ways of living because you want to walk in the light and it's really hard. And I just want to tell you, it's hard. Like, it's not easy. But what I will tell you is that as you fellowship with the Lord and you begin to walk 
in the light, it gets easier over time. It's, it's kind of like if you live in a certain climate, you're climatized to living in that climate. Like I remember growing up in New Jersey, super hot, humid summers and freezing cold winters were normal. And now because I live in the Northwest, I'm just a wimp. You know what I mean? Like, like I, was, I was just telling someone earlier, my family's like, when are you going to come visit? Like, I never come in winter and I never come in summer. Because I don't want to be in hot, humid weather and I don't want to be in freezing cold weather. And I'm like, but I grew up in this. But you get climatized, don't you? Like, it becomes normal. Like, for it's raining out here. Like, it's not raining. It's just winter, right? Someone else, they show up from California. They're like, oh my gosh, it's so moist here, Right? Because you get, you, you get used to the climate. And in the same way, when you're walking in darkness, you become acclimated to dark walking. And then once you leave the darkness and you begin to walk in the light, you become acclimated to walking in the light. For many of us, it's, you know what it's like to look back on a past that was so messed up that you feel like a different person. You're like, I don't know that person. Like, I remember that person, but it's me, but it's like a whole other life. Because you become acclimated now to walking in the light. But what's amazing is, is that when you walk in the light, notice what it says. I think this is really beautiful. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. It began with fellowship with God who is light. But then we walk in light. Then we get to have true fellowship with one another. And really what this means is that the the people of God, the church, the fellowship that we have, it's not like any other set of relationships. Because this is a relationship that was born in the light, God's light that he shares with us. And then as we walk in the light together, we get to share fellowship with one another. So sometimes we say, man, the church is good for community. It is, but it's a community unlike any other community because it's a community that's born in the light. This is not like any other community. Because like, you, you can go to a sporting event and there's people from all different age places and, and, and different styles and all that thing. But this is not like a sport. This is a community that is born in light. Like We get to have fellowship with one another because God is light and in him is no darkness at all. And we begin to walk in the light. And as we walk in the light, now all of a sudden we have fellowship with one another. We get to truly know one another. And it doesn't matter how you vote. It doesn't matter what your history is. It doesn't matter what you failed at or how long your rap sheet is or if you were the most moral person next to Jesus himself who ever lived because of God's light and we're in fellowship with God. Now all of we're in fellowship with one another. We get to love one another even in the midst of our differences. But what's amazing is, is that what I'm always learning is that where when darkness begins to creep in, it starts to pull fellowship apart, Right? And the thing is, is there's all of us, we can, if we're not careful, our own darkness begins to break fellowship. It can happen in friendships, it can happen in marriage, it can happen in families, it can happen on the job, where before you know, we start harboring resentments or hurts. We begin putting suspicion in the gap when we don't understand what someone's doing or why. And before you know it, we start walking in darkness a little bit and things start to come apart. But when we walk in the light as he is in the light, not only do you get to have fellowship with one another, it says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Wow. I want you to notice 
the verb in that. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, what, what does it do? Cleanses. Does it say cleansed in the past? No. It says it's in the present tense. He's cleansing us now. Now, what does, it doesn't mean that Jesus' salvation is progressive and it takes, but what it's saying is that the, the application of the purification that happens to us when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our life happens as we walk in community together. We get to experience it together. Like, and that's the beauty of the people of God. That's the beauty of what Christmas is about because as you walk in fellowship with one another because of your fellowship with God who is the light, you begin to see people change. And sometimes the application in experience of the finished work of Jesus happens 20 years in the journey following Jesus. So what do I always say here? We're all in what? Process. But that process comes with fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. And then all of a sudden you see people change. And that's why God wants us to, to hope with one another and to walk with one another through the, the messy times and the good times Instead of just what happens is something gets messy, we have a tendency to want to break things apart. But the guy's like, no, 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 listen, maybe this is the time, this part of the character of God, God's going to put on display in our hearts. Can we hang in there long enough? Can there be enough friction so that it happens? But here's the thing. The church is a group of people who Jesus has cleansed by his own blood. And this, we never want to miss this. The idea of the blood of Jesus, it speaks of his death, right? Jesus' death, the, the shedding of his blood. Sometimes people, like, they get really kind of ritualistic about it. We're like, oh, like, we need to talk about the blood of Jesus. The blood. It speaks about his death, right? And when somebody believes in Jesus, you're believing that God sent Jesus to die in your place. And when a person exercises faith, the blood of Jesus now gets applied to our life. Jesus' death stands in the place where my death deserved. I deserved it. My mistakes were punishable by death. And we trust in Jesus. That's how a person is saved. You're not saved by getting better. You're not saved by stopping using drugs. You're not saved by finally forgiving that person who wronged you. You're saved by the death of Jesus in your place. And I believe that there might be some of you, you're here, you've never received God's forgiveness in Christ. And I, I, I want you to be cleansed because God sent Jesus to cleanse. Sent Jesus to cleanse. The Apostle Paul said it this way. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 to 11 for you were once darkness. You hear that? You were once darkness. He's like, so you used to be in darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather expose them. See what Paul is saying to the church in Ephesus? He's saying, look, you used to be in darkness, but now you're in light. So walk as children of light. And, and then he, as he's talking about this idea of light, he said, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, which is who Jesus is. And then it says, 
finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. See, and this talks about how we walk every day. Because we used to be darkness and now we're light, now our job is to find out, God, what's acceptable to you? And in any area of our life where we're not walking in what's acceptable to God, then we take that step. We have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness anymore. The things that we used to do. And that's what's called a testimony, isn't it? A testimony is the things that you used to do until you knew better because you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And I'm here to tell you, you know you're growing in Christ when you have a testimony. And a testimony is not how nasty you used to be and we embellish how nasty we are and we sit and tell war stories. Well, I did this and I did this. That's not a testimony. That's just us getting in the flesh, thinking back. The testimony is, I used to do all that stuff, but I learned in a more better way, a more excellent way. I took the next set of steps. But when we walk in the light, that's what happens. So if you're saying to yourself, okay, so if God is light, I want to walk in the light, how do I do it? Listen to what it says, verse 8. For if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you want a simple encouragement this Christmas season? Get honest and get cleansed. You got to get honest. Look at what it says. And and this is why I love the Bible so much because this is, we're encouraged to do something that is so uncomfortable. Look at what it says. It says, if we have no sin, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So if you're here and you say, well, I got no sin. What does it say? You deceive yourself deceived and you don't know the truth. Ouch. Right? So is that anyone here want to say that they have no sin? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody want to take that one? I'm so proud of you guys. You guys, you guys are trusting the word of God. Because if it says if you have no sin, you're deceived and the truth is not in you. So we don't want to walk in that. So then what should you do? Verse 9. If we confess our sins, brothers, that's getting honest. Confessing our sins is simply agreeing with God. He's light. There's no darkness at all in him. We want to walk in the light. But guess what? As we walk in light, we realize there are several species of darkness that's going on in our hearts. We got all sorts of stuff going on in there, right? And so we're not going to make the mistake of saying we have no sin because the truth is in us. So what do we do? We confess our sins. We get honest. And confessing that word confession in the Greek, it literally means to say the same thing that God says. So I want to free you up from feeling that you have to perform in the name of Jesus. You're allowed, because you're in fellowship with God in the light, and because you're in fellowship with other people, it's okay to say, I totally am screwing this thing up. And nobody should be shocked about that. Jesus is real. The saying goes that honesty is the best policy. Really, it's true. In all of the issues in your life, from your emotions to the brokenness you live in, healing requires taking an honest look at what's going on. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that the road to spiritual change and healing starts with being honest. When you confess your sin and agree with God about how you've messed up, He forgives and cleanses you. This honesty and cleansing is your entry point into salvation. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you 
you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Come back next time as Pastor Daniel continues to unpack what it means to chase the light of God and let it fill your life. You'll talk about how life can be hard and messy. It seems like the older you get, the harder it is to cling to the wonder of it all. But as you'll learn, God is deep in the unknowns of life. He's at work, often in ways you'd never expect. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs>